If your metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shoot Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, baby Let's go What's up? Nostalgia Pod coming at you. Your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I am Patrick Sheehan with my co-host Dave Martinson. Dave, how's it feel to not be part of the 2%, dude? Feels wonderful. So that's really obviously good. a Leftovers reference. But Dave, I mean, I know... <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> I, I had a feeling you looked very confused at first. I was like, that's Silicon Valley reference? No, it's rich, not. Rich people? Yeah. Well, Silicon Valley, I mean, what? They started with that kidnapping at the beginning of the season. I thought it was, what's his name? The, uh... Hooli guy? No, the, uh, the asshole with the orange car. Oh, the guy. I maybe that's something he said. No, 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 no. The he was venture awesome. capitalist or whatever. Yeah, he was awesome in that. <laughs> uh, in the first episode. So we're going to be talking a lot of TV. We previewed for you guys peak TV. The peakest of TVs, nice. perhaps. So we're going to get to that. But we want to start with a lot of music that came out, but not albums. We want to talk about some individual songs, some music videos. So I guess why don't we start with Lady Gaga. Yeah. I mean, her and Kendrick Lamar and I'm forgetting who the other person was that had a Headlined radio head. Oh, it was radio yeah, head. You're right. Set yeah, they got all upset. Techni- technical issues. Off. So, uh, Kendrick funny. Lamar and Lady Gaga. Classic rock, you know. Just can't get it right anymore. I mean, Radiohead is... I mean, they're, they're not like a lot of fun to listen to, but they're, no. they're good. So, I mean... <laughs> Definitely not a fan. Lady Gaga, though. Very fun to listen to most of the time. Yeah, usually. Unless she's singing with, like, Tony Bennett or something like that. Right. Joanne kind of got mixed reviews. Right. And she re- released a new song called The Cure. Yep, right after her, I think she performed it at the Coachella set and then dropped it. Yeah. It's pretty generic, pretty mediocre. Like, Joanne, even the stuff that was not that well received at least got bonus points for Trying. songwriting ideas, you know? Right. This is just so Poker Face era, Lady Gaga could have made this song way better, but it's just, it just is. It's like, kind of like Perfect Illusion, it's just pretty mediocre. Right. I feel like she really took a step back creatively towards what kind of what is her is her bread and butter in a way. Mm-hmm. But like you said, she almost pulls in like elements of pop that are very generic now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, like uh, it just what's the, like a like light island sound, I guess, like what you'd say like in the background. I think. But like even someone like Ariana Grande, she like really pushes stuff with her albums too because she has such a great vocal range. And Gaga can do this. She's such a great artist and a great songwriter mm-hmm. that I don't know, like this is the, this is the new post-album right. single you're gonna get buzz off of? That seems it, like a miscalculation. It's really interesting, actually, because uh, her Coachella set was very poorly received both weekends. Really? They thought the first weekend was actually stronger than the second weekend, which... Was it, like, lip-syncing? Or? No, it was just that it seemed like she just wasn't really as into it, and the crowd wasn't able to get as into it. Which, that sucks. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be stoked to see her. Right, and especially because she, she has so many hits. And she filled in for Beyonce. So, I mean, right. think about that. Like, you were supposed, you originally bought your ticket thinking, I'm going to see Beyonce. I mean, but she, she killed well, the Super Bowl, too. I would have yeah. thought she would have been good. So, I mean, maybe it just wasn't her, her two weekends. I, I'm not sure, but... Not this, a good look. Yeah, this isn't a, a good direction for Gaga. Our man Kendrick, though. Mm, our so, man. He is man of the pot at this point, because he's just been killing... Check out our damn review from last week. Where can they find it, Dave? SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Just crossed 25,000 plays. Whoop, whoop. YouTube. Help us get well. 25,000 on YouTube. Yeah, subscribe right. us. So he released Humble music video awesome. as a precursor to Damn. Yep. We reviewed Damn, and then uh, we said probably the song that will be ne- the next hit off it, DNA, comes out of the video. I got, I got. <laughs> yeah, pretty quickly after we talk about it. A few days, yeah. And uh, what do you think of the video? Got yeah. your man, Don Cheadle. Yeah, cool to see uh, 
Rhodey from Captain <laughs> America back at it, or Iron Man first. It's uh, funny that you know him as Rhodey. Like, I was thinking about... Crash, the, he's in a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, Hotel Rwanda, <laughs> like, he was also in... God, Dirk, Dirk Diggler. He doesn't have a lot of, like, like leading roles in no, great he, movies. He's a good But character. he has a lot of, like, he's in a great supporting, or great uh, ensemble right. cast in good movies, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Don Cheadle makes like, an appearance in this. Yeah, for, again, very uh, highbrow yeah. video from Kendrick. Uh, more highbrow than Humble, for sure. Humble's yeah. just kind of like a mindfuck, just doing different cool things. Yeah, visually creative. Right. But this one, like, with Kendrick in cuffs, and then Cheadle's doing lyrics through him, and, like, being, like, possessed. Right. And the second half of the video is very different again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's cool. You know, he's a very artistic guy when his videos, which is nice to see because he didn't used to be this way. Puts a lot of thought into him, for sure. And he just, they just announced today the the Damn Tour, which is only 17 dates mm-hmm. this summer with Travis Scott and Dram. Yeah, and that's, he's, uh, that's pretty cool. he's not even playing MSG, he's playing the Barclays, Barclays Center. Interesting. Yeah. And for sure. Also, he's taking like a really weird route, especially along the East Coast. Usually, you see like a New York date, then a Boston date, and then maybe like one either up like Montreal or then they'll head back down the coast. But he goes Philly, New York. Yeah, I think he goes New York. He goes Philly, New York, Washington, Boston. So he's doing a lot of like weird yeah, zigzagging. But uh, yeah, it was a it was an interesting music video. One part I, I'm not sure if I really get, and maybe this goes with like the Kung Fu Kenny stuff. Yeah, the New Chinese, Kung Fu Kenny. Yeah, the Chinese subtitles. I don't think I'm supposed to know. Are we not supposed to know? Is that just part we're not supposed to get? Kendrick just broing out with Chinese subtitles underneath? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Music videos, you know, MTV isn't the, you know, the breaker of music as it once was. That's obviously just YouTube now. But I think music videos are still really cool. Like, you look at someone like The Weeknd, mm-hmm. who has had his videos, many of his videos connect to each other over, like, four years now. Which really? is really cool. And I wasn't even aware of this at first, but, like, I feel it coming with Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Connects to the, I can't feel my face. Not star, no. yeah, Starboy. Like they all, all, all of his major right. videos all connect, and there's like a through line of like the different characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. And Kendrick, I don't know if there's a connection per se, but he's obviously putting some thought into it, which is cool. Yeah, I you think know, he's it's not just, just a typical rap video or anything. Yeah, he's just a very artistic person, and I'm sure he has some meaning behind all these things. Uh, he also I mean, even if it's just weird, that's yeah, cool. It's, it's Make so, it worth watching. He's just become like a like a like a folk character almost in a way, like a yeah. like a larger than life type figure. Because he call, he calls his fans the Ken folk, which I, I know. think is cool. But this he weekend, confirmed there's no second album on Twitter. But if you look at like the tweets that are, that people tweeted yeah, off that, all of the it's high, like high people like ones. with conspiracies like this actually confirms that there will be a yeah. second album. What about I'm the like, blue pill though? Right, exactly. <laughs> like I was just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> there was a lot of new hip hop, Frank Ocean. Logic, Cardi, and Uzivert. I did not listen to Logic and Uzivert, so or, or Cardi and Uzivert. So give me a little breakdown of them. Well, yeah, it wasn't Uzivert. It just has two songs on Playboy oh, Cardi's debut self-titled tape that came out the same day as gotcha. Damn. And unfortunately, very disappointing effort from Playboy Cardi. He's uh, had a lot of buzz. We mentioned him last year. We talked about the XXL freshman because mm-hmm. he was kind of in the same class as Yachty and Kodak and Uzi. Right. But he didn't have a project yet, and he still hadn't had one until right now. Uh, he had this huge buzz, and like, he's in ASAP Mob already. He was on mm-hmm. the Cozy Tapes. I guess Broke Boy, that video we talked about where he gets head in it, which is Just still ridiculous. ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. <laughs> Not a cool song, Fetty. But yeah, this is a very disappointing effort, so... Not, yeah. not, not please. I, I would have like, seen him at ASAP Ferg, but he was sick and didn't show, which sucked. He was sick. It was the last yeah. day of tour, so maybe he just bailed. He was probably just super hungover <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, with that one song he told me to listen to, Woke Up Like This. With Uzi. Very poor effort. Yeah. And you said that was one of the best songs. I think that's, that's the one I vibe to the most. Wow. I actually think it's pretty catchy. 
I don't know. That's it's not it's disappointing. Not good Absolutely. What about Logic? It's Black Spider Man. Yeah. So he released everybody. So is this me- about Donald Glover? Uh, yeah, probably. Interesting. Like, uh, he he does play with nerd culture a lot, like nerdcore stuff. Hmm. So he has his second video, second song from his forthcoming album, Everybody, which comes out May 5th, which we've mentioned before. Uh, this was really cool because he starts out in a really, like, rapid-fire verse again, and then it gets really soulful again, and once again, very lyrical, very poignant about the you know, racial themes he's really been getting into mm-hmm. as a biracial guy. So... Again, looking forward to that album. We'll talk about it when it comes, but cool. He has that video out now, so check that out. Yeah, he seems like an intriguing artist. Very I know, I know yeah. that you like him a lot. So An artist I like a lot, I'm sure you probably didn't listen to this, uh, Bleachers released their second single off their upcoming album, uh, which is out June 2nd. So he'll he's actually performing at Governor's Ball the day that it drops. So oh, that's interesting. So he's playing new stuff. I'm sure um, most of the crowd won't have heard it then. Probably not, I mean, yeah. unless they listen to it literally on the way to the festival. Yeah, it's actually really a disappointing new song. It's called uh, Hate That You Know Me. And mm. his first, he had, he had another single he dropped. I, I forget the name. Poor research on my part. But that was actually pretty catchy. This one, oh, it was uh, Take the Money. That's what it's called. And nice. this one, not so good. Mm. So we'll, we'll see. He His first album, uh, Strange Desires, had like... Half the songs I thought were really, really good, and half mm-hmm. the songs I thought were mediocre at best. So he's kind of a hit-and-miss artist for me, but so far he's had one hit and one miss, so probably going to continue that. Nice. So I want to talk about these two last, because I feel like these are like the most interesting two. Sure. Frank Ocean and Paramore. <laughs> so why don't we start with, with Frank, because you know we're huge Paramore fans on this, Facts. On this podcast. Yeah, we've had many Paramore pods. Yes. Check those out. Talk about Conscious Nostalgia pod. Frank Ocean dropped his, what, second single this year? Third. Third. Chanel, Biking with Fr- Jay-Z yes. and Tyler Creator, mm-hmm. and now Lenses, which he released Lenses and then a remix with Travis Scott. Right. And Chanel also got a remix with Rocky. Interesting. So, okay. I think the better takeaway from this is that this is from Blonded Radio, which is Frank Ocean's Beats One show. Obviously, the most popular Beats One show is OVO Sound Radio from Drake. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, he premiered More Life on that. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think Beats One is actually a really interesting thing because it's probably the best aspect of Apple Music mm-hmm. because it kind of like makes things events, event right. listens. And like, like, you're like someone like Zane Lowe, who is on Beats One. Yeah. Like talk about like how like it motivates people to uh, tune in and in the, the age where there's less gatekeepers than ever, still engaging with the audience this way I think is really cool, especially when it's coming right from the creators like a Frank or a Drake. Right. So yeah, that, what do you think? I, th- I think that's a really interesting idea actually. Just before we move on to the song, yeah, create like obviously Drake has been thinking about this like how do you make albums mm-hmm. more relevant? Mm-hmm. And obviously he made a playlist, quote unquote. The idea still stands that if what makes t- like cable television still relevant, live events. Like, that's why... Sports and awards. Yeah, exactly. So the only way you can really make albums really, really relevant again and, like, big drops is if you're like, hey, you know, tune into my OVO show, I'll be dropping my new playlist on that. So that's a really interesting idea and actually really smart. Uh, I'll, I'll give Drake some props on that. I mean, he's having a pretty good year. More Life is still it's still second place, probably, this year. A very solid second place. Yeah, it's a still a really good album. It's just Surprisingly, I really was surprised that Damn dusted Drake by about 100,000 first week sales. Kendrick's undeniable. Over 600,000, biggest album release of the year, past Drake and Ed Sheeran by over 100. That's huge. <laughs> Ed Sheeran, he's been destroying man. Spotify. It's actually cool. Like, I don't know how cool it is, but you look at Spotify... Last week, I'm not sure if this is still true now, but the top like top song list, it's just mm-hmm. all of Damn. Really? So that's, like, that's incredible. And like, I don't know if I like that, because if you go to Spotify to find your music, it's not right. being curated, you just be like, 
there's an album that obviously is extremely popular. Yeah. It happened to More Life. It'll probably happen with Logic and any big release. Right. Gorillaz soon. Yeah. Like, it just it dominates that list. It's kind of weird if that's how they want to represent it, just the total streams. Yeah, it is interesting, but it also does kind of give a good picture of what literally is the culture that day. Like, yeah, good you know, snippet, maybe you snippet. should be listening to it if it's there. I mean, if, if it's Kendrick mention, Lamar, you definitely should listen to stay it, I would woke. say. But what do you think about Frank releasing a lot of music? He's clearly not a recluse anymore. He has a regular Beats 1 show. Right. And he plays the music he's feeling, and sometimes he drops his own songs on it. He's clearly changed. Yeah, I don't he's know. He's feeling himself. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I, I haven't tuned in. I haven't, like, heard what he says or anything. But I, I, Yeah, without knowing, like... If it, what he talks about and how the show actually is, it just feels like he's the type of personality where if he wants to be a recluse, he can be that, or he can be really outgoing. And I yeah. mean, you've seen people like The Weeknd, who claim to also have these kind of social anxieties about being in the spotlight, right. then become huge stars. And even though it's not the most comfortable thing, they really push themselves to do it because they want to make more money. They want right. to be a bigger pop star. I think that... It's interesting. I really like this song, Lens. I like Viking yeah. a lot, too. Chanel, actually, I don't recall, but I'm sure it was okay. I wasn't a huge fan of Blonde. I, I only listened to it, I think, like, once or twice, maybe. But the further away we get, the more I'll probably not ever listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> as interesting as it is. But this song, I thought, was really, like, a very nice song. Yeah, perhaps Blonde and that three-year recluse period was mm-hmm. exactly that. Like, it was a recluse period. Maybe he's no longer a recluse as much anymore. Like, you know, hmm. Next stage of his life, I don't know. There's got to be some Just conspiracy. throwing darts right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's Frank Ocean. It's tough to read. I mean, he's, he's like, what, 30s? He's 29, I think. 29? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably, like, been, like, collaborating with people on the on the DL the whole time, and now he's mm-hmm. just, like, ready to, like, all right, I'm just going to be a normal person out here. So he no longer has the recluse belt. That's probably Andre 3000 now, right? <laughs> the recluse belt. That's a really interesting... In, in fairness, Andre's had it longer, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's a total... Yeah. He was kind of less anticipated because you never thought... Uh, you, you knew Frank would have music didn't again. He, didn't he want to become an actor? Wasn't that what Andre Benjamin wanted to do? Become an actor? That's true. Semi-pro. And Phenomenal comedy. But also, I feel like I heard a rumor for like five years in a row that he was going to be Jimi Hendrix in a movie. And it never happened. Interesting. I feel like he'd be a good Jimi Hendrix. He looks like him. Looks like him. Looks like him, for sure. I don't know. Andre 3000. There's been more... There's been a lot of pictures... Not a lot, but there's been more pictures of him in the studio with people yeah, three, uh, than, than a while. So I think something's eventually coming sooner he, than it was. He was on Pablo. He was on... Uh, he had a few guest spots this year. He was on Frank. He was on the Weekends album, too. Or am I misremembering that? No, I'm thinking of Frank. He was on two songs on Frank. Yeah. Right? Like yep. be, yeah. Okay. Andre 3000. Interesting. Well, I guess he has the, the recluse belt. <laughs> Tune in to our upcoming podcast where we review who holds the, the re- recluse Speaking belt, of recluses, Haley Williams and Paramore. Yeah, for real. So they haven't released a new Where'd album since, what, 2012? I think so. And I, That's the last one I knew of. They kind of like were on hiatus, I guess. It wasn't like an announced hiatus, though. And uh, Back and better than ever? Or not? I don't know. I mean, this song, the song is called... Hard Times? Hard Times? Yeah, I can't read my own handwriting here. Hard Times. It's yep. uh, Hard Times. I thought it was yeah. uh yeah it's a it's a nice little pop punk song. I like it because it's I like it because it's poppy. So I want <laughs> I wanted to read read this to you here. Paramore is the last album is 2013 self titled. Paramore has expressed appreciation for the following bands as influences on their music: Fall Out Boy, Hanson, Panic, At the Disco, Blink 182, Death Cab for Cutie. That's all right. Jimmy Eat World. All right. Me Without You and Sunny Day Real Estate, as well as Thrice and Newfound Glory. What the fuck are they listening to? That's just (laughs) Newfound Glory. Haley Williams has cited her 
personal influences as Elvis Presley, The Angels, The Ramones, Blondie, Aaliyah, Robert Smith of the Cure, and Shout out Aaliyah. Yeah, I know. That, that, she actually has a pretty good list, but people in her band listen to some shitty bands. Like, <laughs> what the fuck, Paramore? Hey, OG Newfound Glory is still good. Like, Just uh, like Little Like, my, my Friends Over You yeah, and Catalyst. That, that era. And they got a few those, albums yeah. from that. They, they do. And Fall Out Boy, early Fall Out Boy is still classic. Sure. But Sell Out Fall Out Boy, not classic. Or Sell Out Boy. Shout Bank. out Pete Wentz. <laughs> so they have a new album, actually. After Laughter. Yeah, it's coming May out. May 12th. Yeah, May so, 12th. It'll be interesting. Yeah, they're back. What, what's your favorite Paramore song? Probably Misery Business. Wow. It was in Guitar Hero, I think. That's why I liked it. I think... Uh, it's from 07. It's been a while. I think Only Exception is probably my most played Paramore song Ugh. back in the day. It just says a lot about me in high school. Yeah, you soft fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know my musical taste, so... Mm. Uh, I prefer Kendrick over Drake now, so I'm probably compensating for my, my high school days. Why well, don't we move on to TV, because we have a lot of TV to get to. Let's start with Fargo. Yes, Fargo. Season 3. So, it premiered this past Wednesday. Okay, what is Fargo, Pat, in case people haven't been paying attention to the best show on television? Well, it's a show on FX. It was interesting, because... Was I, what was I with you? I was with, no, I was with Sean McKenna. and Friend uh, of the pod. Yeah, friend of the pod, Sean McKenna, and someone was like... Can you explain what Fargo's about to me? And I was like, oh, it's actually a really good question. How would I explain this? Uh, Cohen's. Well, yeah, I was kind of like, well, it's based off the movie, kind of, but it's like, you know, like, really bad people come into, like, a pretty nice town and, like, they deal with it. And Sean was like, yeah. It's like Normal people. Big crime dealing with a small town, like, small yeah, Midwest. Midwest. Out. So Fargo, season one, actually is connected to the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, the money is found in the, right? So there's a direct connection there. And season two is just a, a prequel to... Season one, right? So it's a prequel to the sequel, if you follow. Mm-hmm. But now season three, as far as we know right now, there's no connection. It takes place in 2010, right. so it's a few decades later. But yeah, it's like normal people with big crime in the Midwest. Pretty much, yeah. right? It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like big crime moves into a small Midwest town and like like a, I'm just goofiness. Like normal me. like American values people. Mm-hmm. Being put Me- in meets situ- with shady individuals. And, yeah, and being know. put in situations they normally wouldn't be in. This was season three. Season one, very well received, a lot of high-profile names. Season two, Dave has described it as a perfect season of television. Absolutely. It was really good. Season three, we were pretty hyped about this. Ewan McGregor playing Emmett and Ray Stussy, brothers. Rolls. Carrie Coon, also on The Leftovers, which we'll yep. talk about in a second. Who plays the Allison Tolman good cop character. Mm-hmm. Gloria Burgle. And then we have David Thewlis, who was Lupin. Don't see him with the moon. Yeah, full exactly. <laughs> There'll be no full moons on this. And then uh, a couple other characters that we talked about last week, like Stolberg. Uh, Karen Sony. Yeah, we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't see her in this episode. But the breakout, the wildcard character, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yo, she stole that episode. She did. And she also doesn't fit any of the previous season archetypes. No, she doesn't. Because... Think about Ewan McGregor, shady, overweight one. He's yeah. similar to Kirsten Dunst in season two, or Martin Freeman's uh, Lester Nygaard season one. Like the right. kind of norm, normal person who's kind of a shitty person, yeah. right? And then David Thewlis is a lot like Billy Bob yeah, Thornton Bob in character. season one, right? The yeah. uh, no, nefarious someone from a yeah. uh, illegal consortium or something, right? Exactly. So, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead doesn't seem to have a through line from a past season in mm-hmm. terms of what her role is, and I think that's fascinating because she was right. actually really good in technical field lane. 
So I'm really excited to see what else she does. She was in uh, Scott Pilgrim before that. Well, and even Ewan McGregor as Emmett is basically... Yeah, the dual role thing. Basically like Martin Sheen, right? Because like... Martin Freeman? Yeah, Martin Freeman. Martin Sheen, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Mar- yeah, Martin Freeman because he's like the right. really like innocent person who just gets involved with the wrong people, like thinking it's going to be more innocent than it ended up being in a way, right? Yeah, well, it seems he ripped off his brother. Yeah, well, he seemed like he did an asshole thing, but I don't right. know. It seemed like a fair trade from what they were talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on who you believe, I guess. We'll but see. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was awesome in this episode. And it was so funny watching her be so, like, cunning and, like, sneaky. And then seeing Ray be such an idiot. Them playing off each other was very comical. <laughs> yeah. Like, when she steps out of the bathroom, she's like, hey, get the gun. <laughs> what are you doing? Do this for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really good. Also... I thought her with the scene, just with that whole scene where the guy is holding the gun, holding them hostage, basically, and then runs out, and she pushes the... That was so good. So well done. Why don't we start with you, McGregor, though? Because mm-hmm. I think, he, obviously, he did a lot of a lot of work in this episode, being two characters, two brothers. Yeah. What did you think about him as Emma and Ray? Well, we got to see a lot more of a Ray, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's really cool, because he's, I think he's got, like, a prosthetic beer belly yeah. gut or whatever, and, like, I, they superimpose the shots, so they actually are in the same frame. Right. It's just great to see. It's not, like, back in the day where it's just, they would never actually be right. in the same shot. Just, like, show him from the back or something like yeah. that. Yeah. We saw a lot more of Ray, and I think you really get a, a taste of his character already, and, like, just seeing how... The fact that he would recklessly ask his parolee, who's clearly such an unreliable person, to do something. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, well, this is classic Fargo here. Someone's just going to totally fuck something up and make something get way worse than it had any right to be. And Um. they always do those little things where, like, the guy's looking around for the the address on the piece of paper that goes out of the car. And he's like, ah, I'll I'll remember it. And he (laughs) walks to the car and they literally, like, pan down and show that he was, like, ten steps away from the note. And it's just like, oh, my God. Those little, like, Fargo details that just kill you. And, of course, this is from Noah Hawley, someone we've lauded before for Yeah, we've been talking about him all year. And uh, Fargo, of course, beforehand. So he actually directed and wrote this episode Mm -hmm. in regards to being also the showrunner for the whole season. Right. There were some really, obviously, Fargo being the Midwest, the snowscapes are kind of the, the trademark landscape yeah. of the, the series. It's the only, like, running character other than that was. Yeah, uh, the setting like is... Maggie what... was in, like, the first two seasons, but in different forms, like, as a child and as a... Correct. Uh, older adult. And, and then uh, Ted Danson and Patrick Wilson. Right. Right, old and young. Yeah. But, yeah, so there's really cool shots. I thought, like, uh, in the beginning when Ray leaves his brother's fancy party, mm-hmm. there's a cool shot, like a... Ray's driving the car. The valet shot. Heart. Really cool. Kind of like, almost like a Wes Anderson shot. Yeah. Honestly, you yeah. could play crazy on you in any scene. It makes the scene so much better. Yeah. But some of the some of the criticisms of this have been that it's starting to feel a little bit familiar for people. What like, do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, so far, you can pick each character except for Winstead and mm-hmm. be like, they're kind of like that character from the previous seasons. Right. They'll probably do something like they did. The worst thing for Fargo to be would be predictable. Right. And it's tough because it is an anthology series, right? Mm-hmm. Each season has a new cast. Uh, there, obviously, there are some connections, but because it's tied to a text in some regard, the, obviously the Fargo film from the Coens, right. it kind of has weird rules. It's not like American Horror Story or American Crime Story or Feud or any of these things. True Detective. They right. can just do whatever they want season to season and just have the brand carry them through and attract big names, right? Fargo kind of has extra rules to play by. I have too much faith in Noah Hawley. Oh, and yeah. he's too much. He's done so much good work for us mm-hmm. for me to 
just assume that, oh, I'm going to predict where the season goes or it's going right. to become familiar. But at the onset, I do think that makes sense. Do you think it makes sense to have Ewan McGregor playing both roles? Don't think it's necessary. I think it's just something cool. Yeah, it's an interesting you know? tidbit. Yeah, it, it's cool to see him playing off and not have it feel totally like strange. He's clearly, I mean, each brother feels like a totally different character. Oh, yeah, not, it's not just their appearance. Like, they sound different, they act different, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, great acting. I think he's a shoo-in for an Emmy here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, is, which is great. Now, I, I think David Thewlis is going to be the, the Bokeem Woodbine of the season, though. Like, <laughs> just the way he was sitting there, like, as they talked to him and just being like, oh, you don't you don't know what we do. Like, you don't understand that this was an investment. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. so good. That was a great team. Yeah. That's the thing is, even if this does become a little familiar and, like, the season's... I won't care at all, structure, though. Yeah, it's just still really fun to watch. Great writing, great actors. Yeah, and it's, like you said, beautifully shot. And it's only familiar to itself. Right. It's not like Fargo isn't a super unique show that does things way better than so many other dramas. Right. It's not. So, I mean, it's not a regular cop show. Like, yeah. Like, it's not like Law and Order. Fargo Law being Order. derivative, it's like you're comparing LeBron to past LeBron seasons. It's, <laughs> it's all relative. Jordan's still better though, right? Mm. Well, speaking of Jordan, the leftovers now. I, I can't. I can't call leftovers Jordan. <laughs> but <Please> don't. <laughs> uh, leftovers season three, the final episode. Uh, final, final season. Final episode. From Dean Lindelof of yeah. Lost fame. Yeah, Lost, uh, Prometheus. Yeah, did, um, he did a lot of movie writing after yeah, Lost. He's very he's Star Trek. No, he didn't do Star That's Trek. That's Abrams. That was, yeah, J.J. Abrams. Yeah, they both have glasses, I guess. Right. But I thought he was involved <laughs> in some way. Anyways, so Leftovers came back for season three. Right. Now, I know that you're not caught up on it yet, but I know you started watching, right? Yeah, I'm in the, still in the season one. Actually, what do you think so far? Well, that's the interesting thing about the leftovers, and I, I was aware of this at the time when it was on, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, he did work on Star Trek in the Darkness, okay. right? I was kind of aware of this. Season one and season two. Season one is polarizing season. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, m- more popular than the negative punchline it actually gets, you know. Mm-hmm. But then season two like totally sets the bar with various tonal shifts and was one of the best seasons. If anything, in a long time, a lot of people's yeah. best show of the year that year in uh, 2014. It has one of the best episodes 15. of TV I can ever remember watching. It's called International Assassin, and it's literally just like an experience the entire time. And from what I know of The Leftovers, it's a character-driven show, obviously, where the plot, mm-hmm. although interesting, and uh, the, the premise in general of people just vaporizing off the earth or whatever, right. is intriguing, and you want to know why it's totally beyond the point. Right. It's kind of like the opposite of what we talk about Westworld, right? Yeah. Where, like, Westworld people like it for the plot, and that's mm-hmm. it, because there's no actually draw from the characters. Right. Right. Now, it, it's, uh, it's a really good show, and the first season is polarizing, but I think it makes a lot of sense, because... The way that they do the first season, it's kind of like this back and forth among mm-hmm. this family and seeing how these different people get pulled in different directions based on what's happened. Right. And the second season kind of broadens it a little bit to more of how does this affect people, I think, a little bit more on the level of like a community. Mm-hmm. I mean, it still has like that personal aspect, and it's basically just a... It's a story about grief. It's a story about like making sense of something that makes literally no sense. Like two percent of the world's population just disappears. And there's you no explanation. Why. And you're just like trying to make sense. Like was it like so like some spiritual type shit? Was it just like some randomness? Yeah. Just even thinking about that concept is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this season so far, it really started off so like some of the events at the end of season two. If it had ended there, would have been really interesting just to leave it and kind of like let huh. the viewer make make sense of it. But what they're basically saying is. 
the character happens to doesn't want to talk about it at all, and they're like, oh, well, we're going to make everybody else want to talk about it. Like, everybody else is going to come up to this person and basically make them interact around this issue that they have no interest in talking about. Huh. It also, so far, has added, like, these little mysteries into it. At the end of one of the episodes, of episode of uh, first episode, they just show one of the characters older, but in a totally different country, and just totally random. To make any sense. Yeah, and it's not even the person's actual name, so it's like, have they gone to hiding? Did they start leave and start a new life? What is this connected to at this point? So there's a lot of, like, different threads that are going on. Carrie Coon, though, so fucking good. Yeah. So good. So the, Who's the lead right now? Justin Thoreau is He's technically the lead. And that, that's actually a really interesting thing. So if you look at, like, the big-name actors in this, it was maybe only, like, one when this started. It was really Liv Tyler. Right. And obviously she was in things like Armageddon, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. In the, at the beginning of season three, spoiler, they just kill her off. Like in the first three minutes, they just kill her off. Like their biggest star. It's just kind of like, oh. Wow. And she was like a big proponent of driving the plot in season two, season one and season two. So it's really interesting to see them just kill her off in that way and just be like, oh, we're going to roll with these guys now. We're going to go in a totally different direction. And Final season. Yeah, final season. Interesting. It's it, 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 Shaping up to be really, really good. Episode two was a lot of fun to watch and very interesting, especially the endings. So, do you agree that a binge of the leftovers is a emotionally taxing venture? So I, I did. I actually binged leftovers when I watched it, and I wish I hadn't. But I'm glad I caught up. That's why I did a Breaking Bad. Yeah. A binge just to catch up in time. You know, it's emotionally taxing, the second season especially. The first season, I don't think was as emotionally gripping, so you're not going to feel as, like, taxed. Second season, there were episodes where I actually had to spend a couple days before I went to the next one just because I was like, kind of, I need to really think about this to make sense of it. Wow. Yeah, International, That's what I've heard, so. Yeah, International Assass- Assassin, I think I actually watched two or three times just because I was like... I don't think I even understood what happened. Like, I kept like rewinding me like, does this make sense? Like, Sounds like Legion. It, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. So definitely check out The Leftovers. Uh, HBO. Yeah, we're going to talk about two other HBO shows right now. Yeah, the HBO Hammer right now is yeah. Leftovers. So David, Veep in Silicon Valley. Have you ever watched Veep? No, I haven't actually. I'm thinking of that's the... That's a crime, dude. Well, what I do, I have a, a, a lot, as many shows as I can that are on currently airing, I try and watch week to week. Yeah. And when I have time during that, I try and catch up on things I haven't yet watched. Well, right? also catching up on video games and music and producing a podcast. and Yeah. So, yeah. again. You're pretty busy. Like, content, right? A lot, of, a lot of things to consume. I think Veep is now on my backlog mm-hmm. list right now. Because it's appealing. Because it's only 30 minutes an episode. I so, I can try and watch and a few seasons. You can definitely binge I probably won't Veep. catch up all at once, but I'll, tr- I'll watch a good amount of it soon yeah you can definitely binge Veep i've seen a lot of scenes of course like get through it. sure well season six started and it's a pretty interesting season what's the appeal of season six compared to the previous seasons right so the, basically like the plot of veep as the name suggests is lena myers played by julia louis dreyfus is the vice president first female vice president and throughout the seasons with different things happening she moves into the presidency has an election, loses the election. So it plays like House of Cards. Yeah. Becomes the president after being vice president. Yes, I guess that, that's true. Did she yeah. commit any crimes? I mean, I'm sure. Did she push Zoe Barnes in front of a train? <laughs> Not nothing malicious. At least. <laughs> Does but... she kill Corey Stoll in his oh bath- bathtub? Was it? Well, did she? Oh no, it was his garage. He just like didn't he just drive him to suicide? Wasn't that he, no, he basically he... they made it look like a suicide. Yeah, so he got him drunk and then he uh, closed his garage door, so he died of carbon monoxide. Yeah, closing. man. Kevin Spacey. Early House of Cards is fucking awesome. It's coming back, too. I know. That's May like, 30th. That's like, what, the, in the first 14 episodes? Because it's, what, season... 13. Yeah. yeah. Netflix season 13. Wow. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, so Veep. Yeah, uh, and the fifth no season crimes. leaves off with her losing 
the election for uh, re-election or for I guess election. And you think that's a smart change? Well, it's interesting because it, it In wrapped theory. up like what like last June something like that yep. like maybe like July. Yep. So the election at the time the shaping up to be a little different. Yeah, the election at the time looked like it was going to be Hillary in office. So it was like, yeah. oh, this is a smart direction. Like you don't want to put her in office and you know have another president. Like you can have right. her go in a different direction. They're not going to be compared. Well, it looks even smarter now because if they had her in the presidency trying to, uh, like, one-up the current administration, they literally had to take a joke out about golden showers. When that that news story broke, they actually had to call, like, the writers and be like, take the golden shower joke out, we need to come up with something different. They literally can't out outrageous this administration. So now Selena is outside and, like, trying to figure out how she can run for re-election again. Maybe she's trying to, like, put feelers out there. Huh. But everybody in her staff it's is like going in different directions. So, like, Jonah, played by Timothy Simons, is a senator <laughs> whose, like, biggest bill is trying to get better dessert for kids in high school for their lunches. <laughs> What's Tony Hale up to? He's, he's still Selena Meyer's, like, right-hand man. Okay. Basically just follows her like around everywhere. Aid. Um, Reed Scott is plays, like, a CBS morning anchor he, who's really funny. Him and Jonah have a really funny interaction. Direction. But by far my favorite is uh, Kevin Dunn. Who, I love Kevin Dunn. Dude, he goes uh, Transformers. Kevin Dunn. Oh my god, he's he plays like this like well, obviously like an older I don't know like advisor to Selena. Sure. And now he's like trying to like make it back out in like the business world, and he's like working for Uber, and he's like making all these like racist jokes. And oh my god, the, he's just hilarious. <laughs> he he always somehow seems to have like what was he just in? Laugh out loud. He was just in something. That guy's status for sure. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, I was thinking of the night of, but that was Bill Camp. They kind of look similar. Yeah, he was in True Detective, though. That's what I'm thinking of. He was definitely, yeah. yeah. So, this show is just always, I mean, the writing on this is phenomenal. I think we've said that in past podcasts, but it's just really smart that they decide to put people going in all these different directions. Smart humor. Yeah, and it's like a really good like reboot for the series almost because it's giving it like, yeah. a different direction and it's going to give it some time to breathe and like figure out do we want to have a run for election again? Do we want to have her move in this direction? This like it's it's a really good reboot and there's so many different lanes that they can go down. Kind of like Silicon Valley in a way, which also did kind of like a, a reset like Yeah, I think both these shows are smart because they're really satires. They're not sitcoms. Sitcoms kind of live off of being the same thing all right. the time, being familiar, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, shows like The League kind of change it up as they age yep. for the better, but what's the most watched sitcom? Big Bang Theory. It kills. Oh, they right. all make a ton of money, and the show is exactly the same. Yeah, that made me really sad just for you to say. <laughs> I was like, oh, Seinfeld. No, it's not. But yeah, Silicon Valley with Richard leaving Pied Piper doing his own mm-hmm. thing. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I think this is actually... That was in trailers. Probably. I think it was. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's, it's it's really smart to change it up. There's only season four, too. They obviously could have kept running this back. Right. I mean, it has the best comedic cast, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound, probably, just because there's so many of them. Right. Yeah, I feel like Silicon Valley, unlike Veep, which really gives like each of its characters different times to really like, step up and shine, doesn't... It hasn't found a way to utilize all the characters as yeah. well as... The, the they get their characters. moments, but the plot was still really driven by, by Richard. Richard. Right. And now, like, moving Dinesh into, like, a bigger role. At least for now. Yeah, and, like, just, like, letting him and Guilfoyle continue their, like, mm-hmm. back and forth is, is perfect. I think, combined on Johnny, is probably the breakout yeah. star. Oh, yeah. Because T.J. Miller was in some other things already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah... Any giving us more of Dinesh is right. smart, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. Because Silicon Valley obviously lampoons tech culture and real Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. like some of the outrageous shit that happens there, similar to Veep, which is basically just 
going off of current events, unfortunately, right. nowadays. There's always, you know, material to use and, and you know, make fun of. And oh, yeah. Going off like Hooli, obviously, it's just Google. But by switching it up and making it feel less familiar, I think it just gives them more options. Because they're kind of in a, a, a formula to a certain extent where as a, a startup that has a great idea but can't succeed because Silicon Valley is actually really hard on you despite what they want you to think. Like, right. That was kind of all we got yeah. in terms of a plot. So I'm encouraged to see what else we see moving forward. I think like the interesting thing about the direction that they're going in is the Hooli stuff where I forgot the guy basically... Gavin Belsom. Yeah, Gav, Gavin Belsom. His like whole character is basically driven off of like what am I going to do to like get back at Richard or like squash him yeah but now like his whole like the whole like c or d plot of this first episode was him just having this like dick measuring contest with the other guy who fucked richard over before yeah the uh the pied piper ceo whatever his name was the old guy with the the bald head exactly Um, so and and, like just having (laughs) from the horse scene oh my god the horse the horse scene but like even even in this one like having the guy fly back and forth like to those three different places all the way across the atlantic and then be like he's costing this company millions of dollars yeah what? it's so ridiculous also but... shout out the really like intense aid of Evan belson looks just like lavar ball yeah he does <laughs> oh my god he, i wish he walked like him too you ever seen that that lavar ball walking no game? oh my god you need to look I it see up that. That was funny the other funny thing is they they really pull out outrageous characters, but they make them fit in pretty well. Like, oh, yeah. do you remember the the lawyer? I think he's like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was, he was a young just, guy. Yeah, right? he's yeah. a really young guy. Yes, he's total. He's totally incompetent. Yeah, he, he was, wouldn't do anything. Well, he was actually really <laughs> smart, but he just was like super like flighty and like was yeah. just like never really helpful. Or uh, the guy who's the investor there, who in, in this yeah. episode he, he with goes the to, uh, orange <laughs> car with the suicide doors, yeah, yeah he or goes, scissor doors. He goes to, to pick his kid up and is at the wrong daycare. Oh, we kicked out of this place. Yeah, we kicked out of this place. <laughs> no, no, his monologue to Richard where he's like. Pie yeah. Piper needs to be the guy you want to fuck. Yeah, just totally like. And when he goes off on all those like designations for types of gay men, mm-hmm. and Rich's like, how do you know all this? Oh, my grand, my grandfather uh, came out of the closet recently. Really inspiring. <laughs> yeah, when he called, when he says like the, the, the Daffy Duck, which is a, a Navy man who left, who got like honorably discharged. I was like, <laughs> like what? Like how do they? I don't write, even know if that's real. Yeah, how do they write this stuff? But they really do have like so much potential, and I'm the fact the fact that they're branching out, I think will give people. People more chance to shine. Absolutely. You know who who I feel like is like a strange character in the show is Monica. Like, yes, she never she's the one they don't moment. know what to do enough with. Yeah. Especially since Richard is no longer. Well, none of them are with. Uh, she, she's not a Hooli. Where's she at now? She works for what's her name's place. Yeah. Uh, the other the other big big right, company. Uh, Lori. Lori. Yeah. So I don't know. She's just kind of there as like Richard's foil. I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It. It almost. She's still really charismatic, but you're right. She has gotten the short end of the stick, which is kind of like Silicon Valley in general and how they treat women, so I guess it fits. Actually, a really good point. Yeah, I I feel like they need to find how how her character fits in more. Right. Because they kind of flirt with this idea of her being like... Just like a, like a like a foil, like you said, but then also kind of like, is she a love interest potentially? Yeah, they haven't. I, don't I think they've smartly avoided that. Yeah, that would not. Be I'm good. surprised they've been able to keep Big Head so successfully in the show. 
because he's been on quite the roller coaster in terms of what oh, his character's yeah, actually yeah. done and where he's worked or been in power of and stuff. Yeah, he went from being just like a and he's still like, employee. And he's still really funny, like the, the way they write him in. And I know. I don't have to be CEO, like, right? Or what's got this? Yeah, what, or what, yeah, they were like, oh. Now his dad speaks for him on his, his uh, shares. Yeah, love you, Brown Bear. Like, oh my God, so funny. Yeah, Silicon Valley, very smart idea going a different direction. And just like Veep, I think HBO is going to continue to dominate, you know, that like comedy comedy block mm-hmm. on Sundays. I mean, there's, there's something like viewing is just unparalleled. Right. And they push Game of Thrones back into the summer, but no matter, because Leftovers is back for that slot, so mm-hmm. the HBO trifecta remains all the same until the end of June. Got HBO, the hammer. Man. It's a goddamn F- machine. FX has got Fargo going, AMC's got Saul. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah, Nef- we'll, the Netflix will be dropping shit all the time, We'll hope we'll be talking about Saul soon. We're um, waiting for Gustavo Fring. Yeah. Some I mean, shit to go down. This, I was thinking, like, I wonder if, like, Gus is going to show up, like, the last episode of the season. I don't think they would have immediately talked about it and revealed it and had him doing the junket yeah, if it I was going to be that late. I don't think they would have had, like, the Los Polos Hermanos place yeah. pop up in New York City either, but I was just, like, if, if they did, like, a like a Luke in... Uh, Force Awakens? Uh, almost had a new hope. Yeah, yeah Force I was just thinking that, yeah. Like, if he just shows up at the very end, like... Right. I'd like... To, I need some business or like, something like that. I'll bring, give you my business. I'd be like, fuck. Like, Mark Hamill oh, actually was joking about that at Celebration. He was like, yeah, when I'm, when I'm going through the script, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, they're in the, they're in the forest... Kylo Ren's there. The lightsaber comes. The lightsaber, it's floating. It goes off the ground right into the hands of Ray. Yeah, (laughs) that's hilarious. (laughs) Hamill's he's a great interview. He's really fun to listen to. Yeah, but he's such a nerd. He's such a happy, like, go lucky guy too. He's so happy with his life. He's a happily married man. He's like, yeah, like people were multiple uh, people proposed in front of him at the meetups. Really? Like a yeah, like. Limited slots to, you know, autograph and get uh-huh. a picture with cast members. There's a, at least one high-profile one of... They got took their picture, then he got one knee, and Mark Hamill's like, ah. <laughs> That's, he did an interview with the Nerdist podcast, and he told so many good stories, basically, about how, like, he was this big nerd, and, like, Harrison Ford was the most, like, masculine, Machismo, like, man. Yeah. yeah. And he would just be, like, be, like, making fun of him all the time on set, be like, what are you talking about? And he does a really good Harrison Ford impression, yeah. too, so it's, like, really fun to listen to, because you're almost, like, hearing the actual story, like, between them both. It's great. Yeah, so. like, like, 40 years of Star Wars. Harrison, how do you feel? Old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best, man. All right, well, we got to wrap up yeah. there for this week. We'll be talking Gorillas next week. Maybe we'll see Lost City of Z. Yeah, yeah, we'll see Lost City of yeah, Z. I gotta find a, I gotta find a t- night we can get. Charlie Hunnam and Robert Pattinson on the comeback. Robert Pattinson, man. He's Crazy. had quite the good run post Twilight. Really? Yeah, because he's been taking. He like, was in that Elephant movie with Reese, with Reese Witherspoon, right? Uh, yeah, he's in a lot of things. But was, that wasn't very was good. Was he? In, he was in the Rover with uh, Guy Pierce. Huh. He's been taking lots of smaller roles, not really headlines. Yeah. Just just letting his acting. There's a good hmm. there's a good editorial on him. Interesting. Well, we'll be talking about a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah. Tweet at us at nostalgiapod at Martin Swagger at Sheeny World Peace. Give the pod a follow on Twitter, please, and share us. Um, give us a subscription on YouTube, please. You can find all this through our SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. The YouTube link's right there, as well as our yeah. Spotify playlist for the best songs of 2017. Yeah, oh, I forgot so, to update that this week. Check all that. Yeah, I got I got a playlist yeah. for you to subscribe to. I don't th- yeah, I guess maybe we can add the... I don't know. Well, yeah, Gorillaz soon. And yeah. 
Yeah. You want to put the new Frank on there? Maybe. I don't we'll know. See. There's a lot of good but, stuff on there already. Yeah, we got and about 40. A lot of music's come out already, so you might forget what came out in January. Basically, so. uh, I put Kendrick on there, and I just was like, no one's listening to anything else right now. So right. Kendrick is fire, and we'll be talking about uh, hopefully more fire next week. Yep. Tune in. Take care. We out. All my days, I pray.